Dr. Future, what's up? What's up? King Wells, what's up, King? What's up? What's up? Could I ask you a question, Pete? Sure, Johnny. Anything. to listen to Johnny. <laughs> Are you unique people? Peculiar? Strange people? What's up? 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 studio with me. It's so nice. I might cry. Oh, Rick, do you have a nice cup of tea? Oh, Rick. Tea, huh? Hmm. You have any Greek Poupon? so happy uh, because we this is a this is a great great reunion because uh, because after so long my co-host Rick is back here in the Iron Show with me and uh, this is gonna rock we're just gonna hang out like old school Iron Show and we're gonna uh, we're gonna go deep dude before we go before we get going can I ask you a question yes Johnny what's up I can't yeah. believe, I just feel so happy to have, have my boy. I have further shows after this. I've just been, to explain where I've been, everyone, I've been yeah. heavily involved with ministry. And it's not that I've been neglecting the Iron Show, because I really, I really, it's been on the back of my mind and heart. I've been in major prayer for it. But, you know, God has, when he has to do things and there's some things going on, um, and Johnny had to go, uh, you know, he's been doing some things to get himself set up. Which I'm, that's exactly what I wanted him to do. Um, and I was praying for that Johnny to get set up. 
that way when we do an iron show, you know, it'll be like, you know, it'll be real concrete stuff because now we can add now more fuel to the fire. As in, we'll be all studied up. I can read it and then come back. Okay, John, let's do a show on this. Or he can go, hey, we need to do a show on this. And I really know he wants to do something on the Nazi creature real soon. So, yeah, I mean, you know. Um, and so, as we continue on this uh, venture, um, actually, and I get start getting a little bit more mature when it comes to uh, radio show and how to speak. As you can tell in the younger days, uh, how wild and wacky we are, but that's not going to stop. Uh, no. That's gonna, it's going to get worse. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> right on, right on. It's going to get worse, man. Right on. I love that. To it, and it's going to have some... I know Johnny's been going through stuff after our absence, which it's necessary because it's kind of like you went on a trip and uh, a missionary trip. Now you're coming back to uh, explain what God has got. And that's basically how you can look at it, people, is that me and Johnny went on separate uh, missionary trips and to learn some things, whatever God has is going like this situation I'm going through now. um, I just pray that I still can continue to be here after June 30th. And that I have my little place so I can continue to do that. Otherwise, I'll probably have to go back to, uh, 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 you know, not having my own property anymore, which I, I just hope that's not the case. Otherwise, there's be a way to figure out how to buy this thing back, but I just hope that doesn't, that's not the case. Being content doesn't mean that you're going to be comfortable. Um, Paul wasn't comfortable. No. you got to remember, he had everything and he lost everything. Yep. Um and, uh, but he was you know, happy. Johnny's, Johnny's going through it as well. So, uh, you know what? I'm going through really hard times to myself, but um, you know I'm happy. You know I've gone I've gone deeper into Jesus, and and he and I asked the Holy Spirit to come into me. Uh, please, Holy Spirit, please come into me now. And um, I'm happy. And it's it's not it doesn't make sense, but I am. You know because I'm getting closer to Jesus. And, uh, you know, you can be happy no matter what. You can be content no matter what. You just got to, you know, you got to keep, keep pressing in, you know, keep, keep, keep talking to God. You know, you know, the Bible says to pray without ceasing. And, and really, if you look at the Hebrew and look at the, uh, I'm sorry, the, the Greek in there, what it really means is to constantly be talking to God, you know, not, you know, like, um, on your knees in the closet, but when in that verse it means to just be constantly you know uh in 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 contact you know hang out with God hang out with Jesus talk to him you know when you're in your car you know when you're um in your living room when you're in your backyard you know when you're in bed you know all day just hang out with Jesus that's what that means and if you do that man it's going to change your life i'm telling you man it's uh it's you know, uh, it's it's peace that goes beyond understanding. That's what the Bible says. And I've got that, and it doesn't make sense. No matter how bad things are, I, I seem to be unnaturally happy. I should be bummed out, but I'm not. So, you know. Can I've, uh, I've, been, I've been coming up with a lot of uh, theories to try to understand uh, the sacrifice and try to understand uh, the nature of my salvation. And uh, um, I've come up with some ideas that, uh, that, and what they are is they're kind of weird 
theories that I've tried to put into words, you know, <clears throat> and, uh, and you know, you might, I might offend some people, but what this is, is me exploring. So, you know, Rick, he's very, very knowledgeable about scripture and he's very knowledge, knowledgeable about doctrine. And, uh, you know, I've got him here and I'm going to run these weird things by him. Uh, and these weird things are me trying to figure out what my salvation really is and what Jesus really did and how it really works, even on a technical level. <clears throat> so let me hit you with this first one. Are you ready, Rick? Yeah. Okay, you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, now, we are taught that God is perfect, and he's the perfect judge. And being the perfect judge, by his nature, he has to judge sin, or he wouldn't be perfect. He wouldn't be righteous and the perfect judge, right? Exactly. He's the perfect judge. So, and, and, and so by, by that nature, by his nature, by being perfect, he has to judge sin, or he wouldn't be the perfect judge. Am I wrong? See, he judges everything by his righteousness. And if it's, you know, basically, look, looking at the perfect judge, um, God as the judge, you know, you got to go to the book of Hebrews. And to understand it, going through the book of Hebrews, you start at chapter 1. If you really want to understand who God is and Christ, understand why he is the perfect judge, why he established the law, why he established the temple rites and the Levitical laws and all the little things to understand his perfection. Uh, If you're a Christian, I would really take the time to actually go through actually both books, Romans, okay, and Hebrews. <clears throat> so here we are in my theory. Now, uh, Rick said that you should um, really get into Romans. You know, that's really, that's that's where you get your core theology, really. That's where you find out about the law and grace and and the, how that works. You know, what's, how you're, the nature of your salvation um, and... Romans and Hebrews, I mean, that's going to that's going to help you understand how this whole thing works. Because um this isn't I'm not after head knowledge. I'm after heart knowledge. I want to know the nature of my salvation and how God is able to uh forgive my sins and give me a place in heaven. Um, even though he's the perfect judge and he has to judge my sin because he's perfect. And if he didn't, he wouldn't be the perfect judge. So I came up with this idea and forgive me people and forgive me, Rick, if I offend you, but all I'm doing, it sounds really weird, but all I'm doing is trying to put what I'm thinking into words and I may be wrong. Or I may be right, but what I'm doing is exploring. I'm trying to explore the nature of my salvation. So I said, so we established that God is the perfect judge, and because of that, he has to judge sin. And if, and if he didn't judge sin, he wouldn't be the perfect judge, because he's, he's the perfect judge. He's perfectly righteous. And by his nature, he has to judge sin. Okay, this is my idea. We know we we know from the scriptures that Jesus on the cross he took he took on himself the sins of the world, and uh, and the Bible even says that Jesus became he became sin for us, and this is my idea. 
Okay, when Jesus became sin, when he took the sins of the world on himself, you have to remember Jesus was God. Okay, now when he did that, now he was able to judge us from a position of corruption. He became corruption for that instance. So he could judge us from that position and let us slide. He became the crooked cop. He became the paid-off judge. He became Judge Hangum. And, and, and when he did that, for that moment, he was able to judge us from a position of corruption like the crooked cop will let the dope dealer on the corner slide because he really wants to go after the big fish anyway. And to me, that would be Satan and all his minions, and they're going to have their destruction. But um, uh, am I, am I, uh, am I, uh, do you understand what I'm trying to explore, Rick? And yeah. how do you think it? What do you think well, of it? You got to remember already. Besides uh, Christ taking upon the sins of the world, becoming a, a he was never imperfect or ever became, never sinned. So he didn't really, you know, he took the sin upon him to destroy it, but he didn't become a crooked cop or a judge or anything else like that. That that's. It's far from what his nature is, because you got to remember he's God, and God knows no sin, period. And so, him coming down as the sacrificial lamb, you, to understand that, a lamb without blemish, a lamb that's perfect, right? You need a perfect lamb, no blemish. It's to kind of go through, you know, the atonement, and what he actually did, uh, to take away the sins of the world, um, to be that sacrificial lamb, you really, you know, to study limited atonement, there's, uh, you know, up to like 20 verses that you have to, you have to study, like starting with Isaiah 53, you know, one through 12, and then five, chapter five, six, eight, 11, and 12, whatever, um, to really understand, uh, you know, what Jesus really did and how he, uh, like I said, who he determined elect his chosen elect and who he really died for. You know, somebody said he took away the sins of the world, the whole world, but it it doesn't mean that, uh, you know, there's still some going to hell, aren't they? And not by their own decision. So you have to understand Christ died for all, but it actually says Christ died for many. So, Johnny, what you're going through is you've got to understand is you've got to keep God where he is at. You know, remember he's God the Son, and God. But, like you know, said, and putting him in a position of corruption to judge us from a position no. of corruption—that's not that. That's would, not. I, that's, that's not. That's thing. not. Uh, that's not what it is. Because you got to remember, he was sinless. He knew no sin. But he, but he became sin for that instant. He became sin, but it didn't make him. You know, he took. It's like kind of basically. Uh, he took upon the healings and he nailed everything to the cross, but he didn't become it. You see, he just took the shell of the body and it was destroyed. He it he took it upon his body, but that doesn't mean that he became no sins. You you know okay he became sin for you know, but it doesn't mean he be you know if you have to really look at it and you really have to look at the translation. Is it like what, is it like God took the blame for our sins? It's like he he. Put on a dirty garment, but he he wasn't that dirty garment. Do you understand? Yes, I know. I know. That's I, I, I you know, and I I'm not. I I believe that. That's yeah, my he, theology. He was a stained garment, and then you know, and. 
But that why? Washed, but why? How did he wash clean? He washed it clean with his own blood. So uh, nothing. It's like in his bloodline. He there's nothing. Cru- you know, his blood was pure. And so, so it's more and, like he washed us. Yeah, he washed he he washed us in his own blood. That was his purpose. Oh. Now to understand that, Johnny, you really have to do do a study and really try to un- now that you know. It, it, that's why Romans comes in handy because Romans kind of explains the gospel, and to really go through it, you, it goes through the corruption, the law, and all these things, and uh, to, to understand what really occurred and what Christ did. Yeah, that's what I want. And then going to Hebrews, we'll understand why the purpose for the you know, law and Moses and, and who he was from the beginning of creation. You understand? It's like. Uh, it starts out in Hebrews, God in sundry times. You know, it talks about, again, in the beginning, God. And it starts out with that in Hebrews. It, it, basically, you're going through Genesis, and you're going through a quick Abraham, and then through Moses. Well, as Paul's getting really, you know, very, it's what Calvin and Bollinger and the Puritans and, and uh, all, you know, the Augustine and, and uh John of the Cross, and, and if you just go on further, even Thomas Aquinas, who was a Roman Catholic, sort of, you know, uh, they call it, consider them mystics. Right. And people want to confuse the tissue, but don't think it's RCC because I'm not defending them. Um, talk about certain people that wrote, and their, their stuff stands the test of time and really can't be argued with. Um, I can't argue with it. Um, and Johnny can't argue with it. We're just dumb little pals who say, Oh, yeah, baby. But to understand who Jesus is, these explain who he is. Now, looking at his deity, looking at what John calls him, you go to the book of John, the first letter, you know, first, first John, and he talks about who Christ is and character and everything. He talks about, you know, that when we're in Christ, we sin no more, and how Christ made it possible, being the sacrificial lamb who was innocent beyond all means, not even a thought of sin. Now, he understood who we were, but he was beyond all that. you got to remember, this well, guy was uh, more than a trillion miles away from us. Uh, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Um, Peter Goodgame, my boy Pete, man, I was talking to him on Saturday. And he, some, he said something that really kind of stuck with me. And it was kind of odd, but it really hit my heart, you know. He said, God isn't looking for excuses to keep you out of heaven. He's looking for excuses to let you in heaven. And I just, I just was trying to think about that, you know, the salvation thing, in uh, uh, in the in the sin thing, and how we how how he's going to let us slide, uh, even though he's the perfect judge. Um, I was just, I was trying to to work that out, you know. Technically, I guess maybe this is, is something I need to know. But you really kind of changed my mind tonight because you showed me that. He washed us clean. He yes. was the judge that cleaned us up, so we didn't we didn't yes. stand guilty anymore, right? Yes, uh, that right now that so through his blood. There's a song by uh, which is uh, a pastor named Pastor Ricky Andrade from a band called Dance Floor Prophets. And the only reason why I'm talking about this because he had the song that says, "You see me through the blood of the Lamb." So God sees us through the blood of the Lamb as clean. We are washed clean. 
this is a thing that's oh. beyond comprehension. So he judges us perfectly, but we're not guilty anymore. Um, we're, we're already being judged. I mean, we've been judged, and we're now justified by oh, faith alone. Oh, we've been judged. We've been we're, – we're, yeah, and we're, he's now the author and finisher of our faith. So he's going to finish the work he completed in us. So it's not well, that we're going to be judged. We've been judged. The, um, we're, or the, we're being judged now as in we're going through it, but it's not the same type of judgment it's going to be for the wicked. I've heard that we've been judged. I was taught that we've been judged. The verdict is guilty and the sentence is death. Yeah, That's already that's, happened. Just done. It was done on the day that oh. uh, God did it in the, in the garden, the proto-evangel. But he made a way of escape. He gave us a way out of it. Jesus Christ justified us once and for all by going to the cross paying that penalty that we deserved, and then, on top of it, resurrected, therefore justifying his own, his, his chosen, his inheritance, his inheritance forever. Wow. You understand? We We who are in him are his inheritance. You understand? And it's beyond what you think, and Romans explains it. Explains it. And if you're having other difficulty, Romans 9 explains a lot of things people don't like. They, everyone I know, wanders over it. They can't understand that God has mercy on whom he has mercy. And, uh, you know, and who has compassion on who he has on compassion. He, he's in control of it all. Can I say something? So, I always believed that God does what he wants. He's sovereign. Yeah. Is that, he's, would you agree with that? Yeah, he's in control of everything. Even this conversation. You know, I have another theory that I want to run by you. And I, man, Rick, dude, you're the only one that could solve this problem for me. You're the only one that could open my eyes. And I'm so grateful you're here, man. Uh, this other one, this other theory I'm coming up with is um, uh, I'm having problems with people who believe that if you willfully sin, you lose your salvation. There's a lot of preaching out there. And even oh, some of my. Conference this week that says that, but. Look, look, even some of the, but listen, even some of my friends, even some of my friends, people I respect believe that if you willfully sin, you'll lose your salvation for willful sin. Now, listen, now listen to my theory here. Okay, then we're all damned. (laughs) Right. Okay. But listen, Christians are damned. Okay. But listen to my theory. Listen to my theory. Cause I want to, I want you to explain this to me. Tell me where I'm wrong so I can, so you can open my eyes here. Okay. So they believe that through willful sin, you can lose your salvation. Okay. Here's my thing that I've been studying on and I've come up with, um, when you are in Christ, you are no longer your own. You're bought with a price, right? You're slaves to Christ, okay? Therefore, you don't have a will to willfully sin. To willfully sin, you would need a will, and you don't have it anymore because you belong to Christ. You've been bought with a price. You've been paid for, purchased, and you're owned by him. You don't have your own will. You give that up by spiritual contract when you accept Christ in your heart. You give up your will. You become, you become, you're not your own. You're not, the Bible says you are not your own. You are bought with a price. So how can you have will if you don't belong, if you're a slave? Well, first of all, you have to establish if you ever had free will or not. 
That's which is not true because if you have a creator, right, who created you, whose will did he create you under? First of all, and under his will, not your will, because you couldn't create yourself. Second of all, when he gave you the ability, as Adam he gave, he gave him a decision, which is an agency, which is called, some people want to call it will. God gave man a will, but it, you know, but it does, it did have its limitations. <laughs> um, but what, Rick, what if I, what if I, what if I make that decision right now to go to Mexico and, and hang out for a week in a room full of cocaine and Mexican girls. Will I lose my salvation? Have I made a willful choice? Have I made a willful sin? Um, yeah, hold, up, hold that tight. You're going to have to race this. My phone keeps ringing. <laughs> oh, man, right when it was getting deep. You're on the Iron Show now, everybody. All right, anyway. So have I committed a willful sin and I'm worthy well, of loss of my salvation if I, I have a weak moment and I'm just like going crazy and I go do something wild, you know, and sin and then have I lost my salvation? Have I willfully, have I willfully sinned? Well, let me see. If you did do those things, did God already know it? Yeah. Okay. So if you do willfully sin, because let me tell you what, I don't care what type of Christian or how long you've been a Christian or who it is, to the great Puritans, to the great Paul, St. Paul, uh, my favorite, one of my favorite apostles, uh, you know, they willfully sinned. I mean, it doesn't record what Paul, and you know, Paul, you know, when he went against his brother, did he not sin? Did he not say that he was the chief of sinners? Yes, that's so, a good point. Why did he call himself the chief of sinners? Not because of what he did. It's because of what he thought of himself that, that very moment he wrote those lines out. So... Everybody sins willfully today. I mean, if you, did you have that thought of, about that person uh, on the road that just cut you off and you just cursed him out? That, you willfully sinned. You want to kick his ass? Yeah. Um, how about that girl you just saw that was in you know tight jeans and a tight bra, beautiful hair, nice lips, all made up, ill modest. She was and hot. hot. And you're married. And you yeah. just looked at her. Yeah. So that's called willfully sin. So can you lose your salvation because of that? Hell no. Anybody says that you can, if you sin willfully, I don't care who who you are. What if the guy actually he's been a Christian, he's been all right, and all of a sudden he made some mistake and, and shoots heroin and dies of an overdose. Yes, yeah, good scenario. Not wanting to commit suicide, but man, or accidentally, took, like my friend who took a drink, right, and he drank one day, right, and he hasn't drinking for years. And then he dies in his sleep of alcohol poisoning. Did he lose his salvation? No. If that was that case, you know, that case, uh, case again, and you're trying to use Hebrews chapters ten to say, well, if he goes out and says, well, he was, con- you know, condemned, you're misinterpreting that verse or that chapter, uh, Hebrews chapter ten. Look at it. Can I ask you a question on that? Yeah. On that verse, um, I did a study and with J. Vernon McGee, and uh, the conclusion was is that you can't do that. Anyway, you can't do what that verse says. It's not because you're in Christ. You can't do it in any way. Because you have an, as a Christian, no matter what you're going through, if, if you're weak, see, there's weak in the faith and there's strong in the faith. All right? And you got to remember, there's also God made tares to grow alongside the church. All right? But 
if you, you're confident to know, being confident in Christ to know, even though you slipped and you sinned, or you willfully sinned, God didn't make the atonement for it to be that you willfully sin, that you're going to lose your salvation. And whoever says that does not know the scripture. He does not know it. That is man-made opinion, and that is 100% fact. Now, I would suggest you better research that before you teach that, that people can lose salvation. There was a conference this weekend. I'm not going to say which conference it was, or this weekend or last week. And it was it was a bunch of famous pastors, and one that's particularly everybody thinks is their own pope, I would consider it. And it's just, that's sarcasm for you. Yeah. yeah. He said the very, very same thing. And uh, I had one person that was in there. I goes to my church, and he went to the, he was at the conference for something else, which is uh, OpenTheGates.org. If you ever know, that reaches out to Muslims. Awesome dude, Daniel. Daniel Messiah is what his name is. It's his, it's his uh, American name or English name. Daniel loves the Messiah is his name. and uh, But he calls himself Daniel Messiah. Look at OpenTheGates.org if you want to really learn how to reach out to Muslims in this country. This is what we're supposed to be doing in America. This is your platform. This is where you're held. We have Muslims in this country, and we are supposed to be evangelizing them. When they come over here, that's our job. Anyway, um, my buddy was in there, and he heard all this, the same thing you just said, Johnny. And he says, then, you know, they're making Jesus a liar. Because if Christ, you know... If you can lose your salvation that way, if you willfully sin, and you sin at that moment, and let's say you did get a prostitute, right? And you had sex with her, and you died of a heart attack. Do you think you're going to go to hell because of that? I, I don't think no. so. I don't. I don't believe that. You know, here's something that uh, I was um, at now, a show. I'm, we're not suggesting that you do that. No, no. God yeah, forbid. Me and Johnny are not suggesting that you do that. Don't no. even. I mean, the first thought is. When those thoughts come to you, you have a, a larger conscience. First, you got God's voice. Second, you got your new born again spirit. You know, Romans chapter twelve: be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, there you go. Lift your up. You know, those things are happening, and Christ is in you now. So, to willfully sin, you're going to have a hard time to willfully sin. That means if you're in Christ. Just like probably J. Vermicki, it's next to impossible. John says that a person in Christ does not sin anymore. So when we sin, it is not intentional any longer, even though you did do that. And is that why, listen, listen ask, I got to ask you this question. Is that why Paul said that it is no longer I that sin, but sin that dwells within me? You hit it right on the nail. Oh, Right dude, on man. the nail. That's the Holy Spirit speaking now. Whoa. Paul said, it is no long, yeah, exactly that. No longer I who sin, but sin that dwells within me. It's, sin is in us, but it's not us anymore. Remember, we're no longer those people. We're not our old man any longer. It's not us. When I sin, it's not me no longer. Because I got Christ in me. And you're not going to go out and willfully sin. I mean, oh yeah, you're going to look at that, you know, that girl, or you're going to, Want that beer or alcohol if you have a problem with it, or, or, or who knows? You you know, some of you will be caught in uh, Mexico, and then you got, you know, cocaine and a bunch of those. Uh, <laughs> cocaine and Mexican girls and a whole bunch of green bud and uh, maybe a few painkillers. And- but God's not going to make – you're going to remember, he always makes a way of escape. 
Even if when you're in the middle of it. He so, will call you and ask you, do you really want to do this? You sin every day. You do. The that is true. is we have an advocate. So let me ask you Christians out there. Have you asked Jesus to pray for you today? Since he is the mediator. I never thought of that. He is the priest. Have you asked G- Jesus, will you pray to the Father for me today? You can do that? Oh, yes. What do you think he is? He's the mediator. He is the one that we go through in Jesus' name. That's what Jesus' name means. Have you asked Jesus to pray for you? Wow. What did he say when he went um, uh, to Peter, when Peter, he says to Peter in, in, in the Gospels, in the Synoptic Gospels, especially Matthew and John, he, uh, in the book of John, what did he say? Um, uh, Peter, Satan asked if he could sift you like lead, but it is I who prayed for you. And that's what Jesus said to Peter. Satan asked you to sift you like wheat, but I prayed for you. So there's the opportunity. Jesus, you know, it's like in my, in my situation now, which is I take full responsibility. It is my fault <coughs> that I'm in this tax issue. I blew it. I don't know where I blew it. I don't know, understand how I blew it. And who knows the tax code as an average citizen? I mean, I don't, you know, but I have no excuse. I have to pay this money. My fault. My sin. Is that, is that something that's really important that we acknowledge that um, – that we can't blame other things or other people. We have to repent and take the blame ourselves and say, I screwed yes. up. Everything you have to, it is you. Uh, God makes it clear. Like when, he, when I was sitting there wanting to justify and make excuses, when I was sitting in front of that, uh, the county building, the, the town hall, where the assessor is today, this, just a couple of hours ago at 1 o'clock, 1 p.m., um, I wanted. I was. I was trying to pull out justification left. Try to justify what everything like. It's not fair. They're doing this to me. They're doing all this stuff. And I, the one thing is, is I asked myself why I wasn't. You know, why didn't I, you know? Why did I assume? Why Why did I ignore and assume? And uh, here I am at five thousand dollars. Even though, like I said, this is clerical error. And it is a fact that it's clerical error. I have to prove it somehow, and but I reap what I sow. If I neglected paying taxes, even though I thought I was exempt, and you know, there's no excuse. I neglected, so it's my fault. And now, listen though, but 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 when somebody sins and they've, it's their fault, and uh, should we just say, you know what? You deserve it. You, you, you know, you take your punishment. You deserve it. Or should we say, brother, brother, I've done that too. Um, I'll, can I help That's you out? Exactly. That's you know, exactly it. I want to support you because you know because we're all, all messed us, up. And, all of us fail. We all fall short of the glory of God. And um, but don't no don't what, doesn't a Christian say, look, brother, I know you. I know you sinned. I sinned too. Yeah, it's all your fault. But I want to help you out. So anyway. Um, all right, all right, all right, all right. Oh, yeah, 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 y